I'm James Crichton, and this is Actors on Process. Today is Monday, August 3rd, 2020, and my guest today is Jakina Kalukanga. Jakina was seen most recently on Broadway this past fall as Kanisha in Jeremy O'Harris's Slave Play. I first fell in love with her when I saw her in John Doyle's production of The Color Purple on Broadway in 2015, where she starred as Nettie. Maybe you also saw her in Holler If You Hear Me or Godspell on Broadway, as Kate in the Encore's off-center production of Andrew Lippa's The Wild Party, Smitty in How to Succeed in Business Without Really Trying at the Kennedy Center, as Cleopatra in Terrell Alvin McCraney's adaptation of Antony and Cleopatra via the Public Theater, and so many more. After a year of misconnections, I was finally able to chat with Jagina about who she was growing up in Atlanta, a high school production of Serafina that propelled her towards a career in the theater, her, quote, dark year, end quote, at the Juilliard School, being cut at an open call for the musical Rent, and what drew her to audition for and ultimately star in Slave Play on Broadway. I hope you enjoy today's episode and that you won't fault me or Zoom for some sound hiccups. Please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. Help me get some followers on my new Instagram, at Actors on Process. And if you're feeling generous, I'd love if you'd leave me a review. Without any further ado, here's Jakina Kalukango. in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm first generation, so my parents are in Golan. Um, so I was the only one born actually here in the United States. Um, I'm the youngest of four, and my brothers and my sister were, were about like eight years apart, 10 years apart, 12 years apart, so I came pretty late. <laughs> I got up, baby, but everybody loved me, so that was great. Um, and I had a very interesting, I would say like interesting childhood. I I had such a freeing, open childhood experience, which clearly allowed me to get into the arts, which was great. Um, but yeah, I grew up, my, my parents were also political activists, um, and so they were refugees. And so I, I grew up in that context with just a lot of, of things happening. But um, yeah, and I grew up in the South, which is its own thing as well. <laughs> so it was fun. <laughs> And yeah, I mean, I was the little kid who was like singing country songs in the back of, of um, my mom's car <laughs> as she was driving and playing Xena the Warrior Princess in my room. Like legit thought I was Xena. I'm not even joking. Get it. I like created weapons out of yo-yos, was flipping around over my forts. It was great. So yeah, that's pretty much me. <laughs> and so were you... Were you like a high school theater kid? Did you do the plays in school? Um, that kind of thing, or? I did. I found theater, well, I want to say it, what was it, my eighth grade year in middle school, I think a um, counselor told me about this performing arts high school 
um, named Tri-Cities. And uh, I literally got like a monologue off the internet so bad, not from any play or anything. And like, of course, saying like the national anthem and got in. It was so bad. <laughs> but whatever got in and it it literally changed my life like before then I had no context of what theater was never seen a play so all of it I found at 14 when once I got there wow what what were you what shows were you doing or what were you experiencing oh my god my first show was uh Serafina about the apartheid in South Africa. I mean, like, oh, wait. Oh, no, no, no. Like, this school was legit everything. Um, I mean, I did Pearly. I did Raising the Musical. My senior year, I was Aida. Like, there was, it was, it was great. I had a, a, um, um, a, a really great experience. I mean, we got to create shows. We partnered with, like, the Georgia uh, Shakespeare Theater at the time and we did a musical adaptation of Romeo and Juliet and got to like create uh, the songs for the show it was like really great oh my god <laughs> we had we had a yeah. similar high school as well you know we did four shows a year which was so cool and we did a Shakespeare every fall mm-hmm. a musical and we did a play and but it's I mean it's an invaluable experience you walk into yeah. college training program sort of feeling like <laughs> Like it's, it's this, oh my gosh, so that's such good. So you did Shakespeare's and everything, because I was going to ask you about some Shakespeare stuff coming up, but so you were doing that in high school all this while. I mean, yeah, but not to the extent of like college. I mean, you know, it's, it's like, we're looking up words, we're trying, we're figuring it out, but you know what I mean? Like you're fully opening your lexicons, like, what am I saying? But you don't know anything about arguments and techniques and you know I mean like all of that but yes absolutely I was exposed to it I love that and so (laughs) kind of like I always jokingly call like answer the call or get like bit by the bug when were you like this is for me this is what I'm gonna do oh definitely during uh Serafina uh once because the rehearsal process was just mind-blowing i think like we had to dress in all black every day we had to carry around id passes and we couldn't enter the space without it because um of the rules in apartheid to where people had to literally have their identification around oh they were serious i mean we would literally run up and down the uh theater singing uh freedom is coming tomorrow which is like one of the opening numbers we were conditioned in a, in a real way. I learned so much discipline and um, just a respect for the space. I think it started off as such a sacred experience for me that I was like, if this is what theater is supposed to do, you know, it, it ignite conversations and, and bring awareness um, to the masses, I, that's what kind of glued me in in a, in a real way. So for that to be my first production, I was like, mm. <laughs> this is great <laughs> and I'm trying to learn a South African accent it was like doing this all at once <laughs> it's something so gratifying that's that's incredible I mean my high school was certainly not as disciplined as that that is remarkable but I mean so obviously then it wasn't such a surprise when you found yourself at the Juilliard school <laughs> in terms of like, discipline I imagine what what brought you there Oh, well, I knew. I think by the time I got into um, 
my senior year of high school, I knew that I needed to go to a conservatory of some sort, right? I was like, I, <laughs> the fact that I got like a 90 out of AP calculus, I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. After this, I was like, that was a lot. And so I just want to concentrate on <laughs> the arts right now. Um, and the biggest decision was figuring out whether or not I wanted to, um, Go to. It was actually between Carnegie Mellon and Juilliard, and Carnegie Mellon for musical theater and Juilliard for acting. So that was my biggest struggle, like which lane to go. Um, so that was hard. <laughs> Literally the hardest decision to this day. <laughs> I mean, when I was younger, and I'm sure for a lot of people like listening that are younger, like when I was a senior in high school, if you told me I wasn't studying musical theater, I would have exploded like there was no other way like that's what I thought that I was doing so the mm -hmm. fact that you sort of knew and were able to make the choice to say like I'm gonna pursue like a, a degree in acting like wh what led you there um I love telling stories and I wanted to do it all day every day I love the community um of artists and people I love to constantly learn about new places um I, I think my, my curiosity for human behavior and, um, and humanity just, just kind of let me there. Uh, I always say it was like, it's either that or anthropology, I probably would have went into, but it, it's, it's very much that. And um, yeah, I just, I really wanted to learn more. Mm. I really wanted to get like technique and really, really figure out this thing, so. Yeah. Well, can you talk a little bit about your time there? I mean, was there a class that challenged you the most or scared you or? Oh, I can definitely talk about a class that scared me. Um, so we, <laughs> second year of Juilliard, we have this thing we call second year, like the dark year, meaning like literally everything about it is dark. You can't see, you don't know what you're doing. I mean, you're literally like, how am I surviving? I hate myself, nothing. Is right. And then on top of that, you have to take what's called clown class, which was literally the most terrifying experience of my life um, with Chris Bays. And I have so much, we all have so much respect for him and love him. Um, but it was, it was terrifying. I think you had to wait weeks before he, he deemed you a, a clown name. That was your name. And so you would literally just everybody people would wait and when it's your time to go up you would spend um, 10 20 minutes which of course felt like 50 minutes of you just making up shit and it, it was your uh you had to literally try to make people laugh and the amount of people not laughing <laughs> was just terrifying i'm not even gonna lie i think my clown tried no i as a clown i tried to hang myself in the room that's how crazy it was I, literally um my friends have pictures <laughs> my classmates have pictures of that oh. it was terrifying but uh what we learned from that was was just beautiful it's like this ability of not of just quite honestly just being you know what i mean in the simplest thing so you think you would think this is the way i need to be funny this is what it means to be funny and you would discover something in a moment and that's when he would give you a name and say that's where your essence is and it was brilliant in that way um but yeah it was deeply terrifying but the great thing i'm kind of going on a tangent but i think the schedule 
of Juilliard is a lot. I mean, you're waking up seven, eight o'clock and you're having classes from nine in the morning until 12, 10, 11, 12 at night. So anything from voice to movement, then your acting classes, then your whatever your liberal arts, and then your rehearsal for your project. So we always had a Shakespeare uh, project every year or whatever project you were working on at that time. So it was a pretty intense schedule. Um, yeah, <laughs> but it was great. <laughs> I mean, I imagine. I mean, the, the next question that I sort of had for you was to just kind of talk about Shakespeare for a bit. I mean, there is this stunning video of you on YouTube from Antony and Cleopatra, specifically Act 5, Scene 2. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, my question, but now I know the answer was just sort of, you know, were you working firsthand with classical text before Juilliard, or was this something that really you were able to harness and shape throughout your time there? And so just speak a little bit more about like that Shakespeare training. Like, is that something every semester you were doing a piece or... Yes. And then I think the our third year, it was just all Shakespeare. Like every acting class was nothing but Shakespeare that whole time because they turned, I think, our our last year project into like the globe, whatever the theater was. And so we split the class in two and would do whatever the main Shakespeare projects were. But yeah, every year you were doing a Shakespeare. And I I would say my love my my real love for the craft and and for his work happened at Juilliard because um there's this great book called Thinking Shakespeare by uh Barry Elstein I love it um and just learning about arguments and 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 really trying to figure out how to how to state your case and in in a strategic way it was just like really amazing and and my love for language I love words you know what I mean? I don't think you can be an actor and not love words. And so when when playwrights give you really, really great material to work from, it's like, <laughs> I don't know, you feel like a kid in a candy store. It's just like, ah! Idea. Um, and exciting and, sorry? Something to chew on, you know, this idea of. Yeah, yeah. And, and yeah, love ideas. Um, I love language and I, I and I, I guess that's what drew me more to Shakespeare. And so when I got that toolbox of how to approach it, it was like, oh, this is great. The only thing I feel like I didn't quite get enough of, uh, I guess, is is um, combining every uh, everything that I am and bringing that into a Shakespeare character. Right? I think. I think what what the training did there it kind of removed the uniqueness of who I was in a sense and it was so structured in that that it wasn't as freeing as I I, I would have hoped and so that video that you you uh, are referring to from the public was exciting to me for that reason the fact that they they put it in Haiti um, at the eve of the Haitian revolution and what that meant so on top of that you have this beautiful um, language and accent on top of this incredible playwright and his words and, and how to um, put that together was really exciting and challenging. Um, so, yeah. Wow. I, I mean, I love that. Um, I'm going to watch that video again. But anyway, I would encourage all of <laughs> you to watch it. It's tremendous. But now you graduate, you showcase what is happening now 
How are you advocating for yourself? Maybe do you have an agent? What's happening? I did get an agent um, from Showcase, but I mean, I was pretty, pretty lucky. I'll say this. Like I, my senior year, me and um, a couple of my classmates did an open call for rent that was on Broadway, I think, at the time. And so literally, we were in that great big long line. (laughs) And I got in there and then I sung fireworks for every bit of like 20 seconds and got cut, right? And I was like, I guess that's it. And (laughs) which was really great. And then we, of course, ended up having um, uh, workshops with, um what's the casting director bernie telsey um at at the school and (laughs) so then we get callbacks like randomly after you know what i mean like after weeks of i've already gotten cut mind you and some of my friends have kept going through the process i got called in the last minute um to do like a dance call and then i ended up swinging for that show which was crazy um right out of school um and then I ended up auditioning for um, Circle in the Square. It was Godspell. And that's how I got my first uh, Broadway show. So it was like literally right back to back to back. Um, And I was just really lucky. So I had an agent advocating for me. And then I think Connections, quite honestly, at Juilliard, my shows after that were all, these were, the, the, the directors were directors that somehow worked at Juilliard as well, directing us in other shows. The playwright that I did after that um, was a playwright that I went to school with, Katori Hall, who is one of my favorite playwrights and a very good friend of mine. And so it's a lot of it is great connections and and luckily being uh, around incredible artists that you love. And then um, having an agent, I think that helps a lot because that open call without an agent clearly (laughs) got me cut after 20 seconds. (laughs) <laughs> baby you're a firework okay <laughs> i need people to know this <laughs> your girl was cut okay cut. <laughs> and thank you <laughs> when i was in high school i must have been i don't know junior maybe i think i went to an open call for spider-man turn off the dark mm. um, and it was at i think the knitting factory downtown and there were like seven different rooms and you can hear everybody singing and you had to sing. I, I think you know, you had sheet music and I sang Chariot by Gavin DeGraw. And like, I think I like got a little like ticket at this open call. And I think Bernie tells he was waiting for you in the other room. It's so like interesting to look back on like those like open call experiences and just. <laughs> right. <laughs> but oh my God, that is so funny to track. But so yeah, you were studying all this Shakespeare and you were doing all of this in school. And then it was like fabulous musicals, which is sort of like this full circle moment for you because yeah, you almost went to Carnegie Mellon for musical theater. But now, I mean, depending on the project, I mean, it always changes, but I just wanted to talk really quickly about sort of when you are presented with an audition, mm-hmm. is there something universal you like to do in terms of how you score or break down the text? Oh, Yes. I mean, you always got to start with like the who, what, when, where, why, what's your obstacle, what's your objective, um, what tactics are you you going to use, you know what I mean? Like all of those things are always like essential for me. And then, and then I start to play and then I go, okay, 
um, where, what's my way in as Jakina? What thing can I connect to that can make this really fun or quirky or just bring a different side? Um, and I try to incorporate that into the text because at the end of the day, I think all of these characters are just little bits and pieces of you when you play them and you come out. And so it's just about making sure you bring that into it in, in some real way. Um, yeah, but I, I, depending on how much work it is or, or how much text it is, you definitely have, I always try to memorize, um, unless it's just impossible because sometimes of course you get those pilot auditions where it's like 11 pages at 9 p.m. and you're like, there's no way I'm going, no, no. <laughs> you just have to figure out how to, <laughs> how to work through that but if you have the time get off book I always bring my pages in the room um and then I'll just like place them down and and play you know what I mean so that I always have them in, in play but yeah your, I mean your confidence from like so many things that I've seen is it's I mean it's so infectious I mean was this like something that you learned along the way I mean do you battle with audition nerves or are you able to really kind of sink into a character that you're presenting to play? Um, I think nerves are definitely always there for me, uh, whether I'm auditioning or it's like the, the opening night or first preview, you know what I mean? Or, or, um, or the first time like people are there to watch you. I, nerves always are there. Um, but I try, I guess I try to combat that by being as prepared as I possibly can <laughs> and just trusting the process, trusting myself, breathing. Um, a lot of the times I like to, I mean, I heard somebody say this and that it kind of stuck with me of like, sometimes in auditions, if you can, if the character calls for it, especially in like theater auditions to take off your shoes, it totally helps just to feel your feet on like solid ground. And so those characters that I can do that, I've totally done it. And it's just, for whatever reason, grounded me in, um, in, in a really great way. But I think definitely preparation always um, helps you. And then, and trusting that those people want you to be good too. So when you come into the room, like everybody just wants to find whatever it is and, 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 and making that moment not about you getting the job, but just about you performing and about you acting, you know what I mean? And telling your story, take the actual audition part about it and just be like, hey, I'm about to just go perform. You've done the work and it's basically just opening night again and you get to play, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the, that's helped a lot in terms of confidence, but nerves are always there. <laughs> Sometimes you just gotta fight through them, but they're there. <laughs> no, and I've, I, one of my, teachers have sort of kind of opened up this idea in me too sometimes of like maybe the nerves are what the character is experiencing too so instead of trying to fight that maybe you can like ride that so that's been something that I'm interested in exploring as well but let's just like talk about the work which is what I really am interested yeah. in too but the first time <laughs> I saw you on stage was in the color purple and I was just so struck by your presence on stage how you listen and I'd love to sort of just talk about how maybe with John Doyle you began to shape Nettie in the musical revival and mm -hmm. you know, he has such a specific style um maybe how you located this character through the lens of his direction 
Right. Um, he pretty much told us like on the, on the first day of rehearsal that this was going to be a very stripped down version of um, the musical. And it, it was pretty much on us as actors, right? And I was like, what? I was excited by that. I was like, okay, great. You're telling me I just basically just act. Don't worry about it. Just just come approach it almost in, in, in the sense of like a play. And that excited me. And, and quite honestly, my cast was full of incredible actors who love to play and try things uh, every night and who had such just generous spirits that um, allowed for that. But a lot of it was like, pulling back and saying, um, <laughs> I think he told me, I was like, wait, I can't get a, I think I tried to fight for a head wrap or something like that to show that Nettie was in Africa. I was like, dang, I can't even get a head wrap. I'm just going to be in the same costume the whole play. How are people going to know I'm like 65? <laughs> and he was like, well, you're going to have to act it. You know what I mean? And it was like, okay let's use these muscles let's use these this uh, let's use your creativity and, and and figure out different ways to tell this story that, that don't involve crazy set pieces flying by you know what I mean or a sea of <laughs> people flipping and saying you're in Africa you know what I mean it was it was crazy um so the way he approached it was literally from a place of simplicity of groundedness of uh, really just getting to the story and the script, that's what he was concentrating on. And um, that made it easy. And uh, yeah, I just, honestly, I feel like 98, 9% of acting is listening. You know what I mean? So it was great. I, I listened a lot. <laughs> I didn't really have a lot to do. I had a great sister who I knew I loved, you know what I mean? And, and that love was something I knew that I had to make sure people knew that I love my sister and they could feel that from the beginning so that by the end when they do connect that love is something that people hold on to and can't wait for. Mm -hmm. um, so I just tried to make sure that I felt I felt myself with love and it was easy. It was easy to love Cynthia. So it was great. Yeah, it was a really great experience. Very, very clear. <laughs> the love was very clear. <laughs> I was in the first row of that. And I saw it, I think on the, the day of Thanksgiving Eve, it was like a Wednesday matinee. And I remember I was sitting in the front row and it was just so electric, like seeing you and both of you sing that, that number, um, our prayer and all of it. <laughs> Absolutely stunning. But what was the most appealing thing about working on it for you? I mean, was there a connection to any of the former iterations of the source material or were you really looking at this through a fresh pair of eyes? Um, well, I, 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 of course, uh, love the movie, <laughs> um, The Color Purple. I read the novel, I think, I, I can't remember what grade I was in, but I remember reading it. And then what really got me, though, was the fact that um, my best friend, Danielle, she told me to audition because she was uh, playing. Um, she was playing Sophia and I was like wait girl what she was like you need to come audition for Nettie they're still looking for her and I think we need to do a musical together and I said oh that'd be really dope if we could if our first like Broadway thing we could do together um find a piece to do that and so like we literally she she like helped me with my audition I helped her with hers we just kind of like came from a place prayed together and then went in and did our auditions and luckily that's how I got in but I think it was something 
uh, it, I really do think it was just quite honestly about like love that the music is so beautiful. The story um, is so rich and um, <laughs> heartbreaking and um, powerful. Um, so I, there was just no way I, I couldn't audition for something like this. And uh, yeah, I just wanted to be a part of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Um, yeah. I mean, what's so inspiring, and, and we sort of talked about this, but just in your career, the seamlessness with which plays, musicals, and and I'm wondering, it's sort of a strange question, but does your skill set as a singing actor ever sort of inform your work in a play when you're not singing? Like, do those skills that maybe you're mm. not using ever infiltrate you? Ooh. I definitely, I'm gonna see if I can try to answer this. I think the closest thing I can, I can connect it to is maybe Shakespeare, just because of the breath support. Um, um, and getting all the way through to the end of an argument on one breath and what that means um, and, and being supported in that way. And I found, if I'm being honest, like that, that thing is, <laughs> should always be there, no matter if you're doing Shakespeare or not. And sometimes I have not been successful in that. But I think that that is like the, the closest connection I have is just it all comes from the breath. It all has to be fully supported. Um, even if you're in this naturalistic world where you're sitting next to somebody, if you're doing it on a Broadway stage and it's 1500 people in the house, nobody can hear you whispering. And so what is that stage whisper? You know, you know, and you're not mic'd. What does that do? Um, so yeah, I think that that's, that probably is the closest thing I can connect it to. I think if that makes sense. Of course that makes complete okay. sense. And I mean, the second part of it sort of leads us into slave play um, and mm -hmm. what we're going to talk about in terms of your work in slave play is just this idea in that play your character Kanisha obviously there was a connection with the song work by Rihanna I'm not really giving anything away I feel like there were playlists or something cultivated with the show yeah uh, and I'm wondering perhaps this means like in plays where there's original music underscoring it um, or maybe where there's no music in a play at all, is there, does music ever infiltrate you in helping you find a character? Do you ever curate a playlist of your own and sort of say this music speaks to this version of a character or does music ever play a part in, in a role for you in another way? I definitely have found playlists um, extremely helpful in my past couple of characters. I think, um, um, and specifically, I'll just say for, for, um, slave play, I did have a playlist for before the show and getting into a character. And then I had like my playlist, uh, that I needed to get out of character with that just kind of grounded me back to who I was. Um, just so I could let all of that go, which was, um, really exciting, but yes. Completely. I love that. And I have been starting to experiment with that as well. Um, mm -hmm. As, uh, it's so difficult to sort of dive into slave play because it's so enormous in terms of its scope. But when you receive your audition for this piece, 
I want to just talk about what initially drew you in and was there a fear about stepping into the world of the play? There was absolute fear. Um, what drew me in um, was, was that fear. Um, I think the first thing that drew me in was like, I was like, wait, this whole third act, she's just speaking by herself. This is like 20 minutes of text. What in the world? And as an actor, I was like, I never get the opportunity to do something like this. How could I like not try to figure this out? And she's such a complex character um, that I knew it wasn't, that I knew it was gonna be a challenging, a challenging, fun, um, crazy time for me to just really explore and get in this world. That was exciting for me of, of just saying that this is scary. This is something I wanna conquer. This is a lot of text. This is also really exciting. This is what you love to do as an actor. This is a lot of language, which you also love. Go for it. Um, and the thing that scared me was that this play, it didn't really give, it gave no answers. You know what I mean? It just literally put up a lot of questions. And something about that made me go, if people are going to leave this thing with a bunch of questions, right? How that, that's a discussion. That's what art should do, right? Make people talk. And, and that excited me, the, the potential discussion surrounding this and afterwards and I had no idea it would become what it became but um yeah it, it, it literally terrified me not to mention the fact that there were like change there was a petition on change.org to shut this thing down and people being so offended by it and I wanted to find a way to ground her to make her come from a, a a real place um to to make her a human being um in in the best way that I could so it, yeah, it excited me. Of course. I mean, like you said, I mean, she's such an incredibly complex character. I'd love to yeah. speak a little bit about how you located or found her within yourself. And especially on top of, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, the entire cast transferred mostly from New York Theatre Workshop and you were the new addition. And I mean, that, of course, is incredibly exciting. But just how did you plant your feet every day in rehearsal and sort of focus on this is what I need to do today. Right. Um, I had lots of great talks before we got into the space. Thankfully, all of um, my castmates are just like golden human beings <laughs> whom I love. And, and so they were so gracious and kind. Um, and patient with me during that that time but I was I also wanted to be patient with myself at the end of the day I was like girl well you got three weeks you, you already know you're coming in new that's nothing you can change so let's just take a chunk every day and figure this thing out and the way that I like to work is once we've pretty much gone through a scene I try to get off book at least because the physical somehow ties into my brain in a real way that it's just memorized in that way but the last app, what I found, um, because it changed a lot and we didn't touch it a lot, it, it took a long time for me to actually get and figure that piece out in the third act um, because a lot of it was physical. Um, so yeah, 
they yeah the process was 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 great i put aside the the fear that i was new and and just pretty much dive in there each day and and robert o'hara and jeremy o'harris are just really great human beings um answered all my questions things i didn't feel i mean they made the space so uh safe you know what i mean it, it was such a safe space a place to explore um a, a, a space to bring up questions it was clearly a space to say no <laughs> if at any point in time you needed to it was like they put, literally put up a sign that said no is a complete sentence um which was so great so yeah it was wow. yeah wow that's that's <laughs> important i think and I did I did a play recently too where there were things and we were working with like an intimacy coach and that yes. I had done before. Um and that was very eye-opening. Mm-hmm. I've never been sort of asked, are you comfortable? Or are you and it was it was a very moving experience to feel free to sort of actually raise your hand and just be like, Can we have a, a talk for a second? And to be received. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the same sort of, did you guys work with an intimacy coach as well? We did, Claire. Mm-hmm. I figured for that play, you must have started to at least open a dialogue with that. But Oh, um, yes. She was great. You mentioned, obviously, Jeremy O'Harris, and we'd be remiss not to speak about him. I mean, when you're fortunate enough to be in the room with a, a, a living playwright, you know, not William Shakespeare, <laughs> how do you, you know, it's so valuable, I find, and how do you allow them and their essence to wash over you? Like, what are you able to absorb from them? Oh my God. You, you can't help but watch Jeremy. I mean, he's, (laughs) I would literally watch him just breathe. He's such an interesting person um, with, with just full of interesting ideas and opinions. And um, it was really great. He was in there um, a lot of the time in the room, a lot of the time, and he would just watch. And something I did one day resulted in him coming back with like new lines to change the script. And, and, and I was like, oh, this is what it's like to say, hmm, maybe I need to, to the, the, I guess the collaboration uh, in, in being in a place where you can talk to a playwright and say, hey, what do you mean <laughs> by this? What does this section mean? It's such a gift <laughs> to not have to like try to figure it out on your own um, is, is really great. But uh, yeah, he let us play. He was like, you know, he wasn't, he was very precious about his words, you know, say what's on the page, which I totally respect. And and there was just such freedom in, in how we, we chose to go about saying it. Um, and he gave us the space to play. So yeah, it was great. Well, you, you know, we're, we're talking about like his words and things like that. And, and like you said about the, the acts, you know, in the first act, you had a mm-hmm. sizable scene. In the mm-hmm. second act, you said almost virtually, I, did you speak at all in the second act? Like, uh, yes, but mostly towards the end after I, screamed at everybody <laughs> yeah pretty much, yeah. silent for the second act and then the third act is you completely speaking and so i mean this was a true marathon event for you um yeah. and i'm wondering if you could talk about riding the wave of that and especially just in terms of looking at his text how it is laid out on the page is very sort of stream of conscious the thoughts fall and i'm wondering how you learn to navigate that Right. Um, 
I think it couldn't be too precious. I had to, the thoughts had to come quick. Um, a lot of it was pacing and, and making sure it was in me enough to be able to find those thoughts quickly. Cause I think that's when it worked best, um, in terms of the movement of it. But, um, a lot of it, I honestly will say that I didn't find necessarily like the inner rhythm until we got in front of an audience because they affect, you know what I mean? Your, your patterns. And so you would think you would be on this ride and then they land and laugh in a different space and that changes, right? Something where you have to wait until the laughter is done to keep moving and how that goes. So a lot of it dealt with um, who's in the audience each night, quite honestly. Some nights it was dead silent. There was no laughter and that affected how you spit this fire out in a, in a different way, um, which was interesting. There were so many colors that came out um, on any given night based on who was out in the audience and, and who was in that space with us, which was a really um, exciting and terrifying experience to have. You know what I mean? Some nights it was really volatile. Some nights you felt supported and full of love. Sometimes, some nights you felt like you were carrying the weight of the world on your shoulders. It was a lot to, to, to go through, I think, each night. But... Um, yeah, it was interesting. And to not lose that steam, because I was found, my silence was, I was like, okay, yeah, you're not speaking, but you're listening. But it's affecting you what other people are saying. Um, you still have a physical life that you have to uphold. What is this doing? And so that's something that I had to make sure that I never checked out. Because at no moment, I think that she check out, she's listening. Um, and that does it. And, and I think that that helped me a lot was just listening and paying attention to to my fellow castmates and hearing their arguments and seeing how it affected me um throughout the story to keep that that um i guess to keep the energy um flowing yeah um is there a piece of text from the the show that gave you an insight to character that you might um be willing to share Yes. Um, I think in the third act, Kanisha starts off, she says like, um, you know, I used to take field trips to plantations. We never came up to the McGregor, but every child who grows up in Virginia, they get a plantation tour. And that, um, there was an immediate connection to that as because I, I don't think people understand like in the South, and for me personally, in elementary school, we went to plantations for field trips. Like that was a thing that we actively did. And I remember us picking cotton in the field and like, none of that is fun. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's actually pretty traumatizing when you, when you think about it. And to know that this was a, a woman who um, uh, went to a predominantly white school visiting a plantation um, and and what happens on those plantations with adolescent kids, you know what I mean? And you being the only person of color there and what that does to you on a field where your people <laughs> were, you know, abused and traumatized is, um, and I was like, that's where it started for her, right? Uh, in this woman and who she became and why she was able to marry a man from Britain and not America and what that, um, and, and why there is this difference in her relationship. And so uh, it just 
from there, I was able to kind of unpack who she was and connect the dots. Mm. Wow. So it's almost like, it's like that old thing that you read, not read about, but you hear about in, in college where it's like when you first are working on like monologues or learning things and, you know, you read, I don't know if you did this. I was bad when I first started acting. It's like this idea of like my freshman year of college or in high school, you read up to the place in the play where your monologue is. And, and then you're like, okay, I got all the information that I needed. And your teacher would be like, but you need to read about the whole experience of a character. So it's right. like something that was so illuminating for you literally did exist at the end of this marathon of, of, of illuminating this character for you. You, you also talked a little bit about the playlist of you, not your character. And Mm -hmm. uh, I'm wondering if, if aside from, from music being that release, how did you personally balance going where the play needed you to go and then letting it go at the end of each night? Honestly, it, it, it really was a battle and something that I, I, I tried different things every night. Um, I, I can't say that like one thing was consistent for me. Um, so I had the playlist to shake it off. I breathed on the floor for a while and meditated. Um, I, I would make people, or I would meet people downstairs and just kind of oh, try to let it go. Or I would go to a bar you know what I mean with friends and talk afterwards but it it changed pretty much consistently uh every night depending on depending on how much I was able to release on that stage And, and what I mean by that I guess is in the end what I learned from me was that I was I was carrying the weight of the play with me every night and not trusting that the audience could hold it if that makes sense and so I got sick and I had to get um um um, someone to kind of like help me make sure I got this out every night because I was holding on to it in a way that wasn't helpful um but yeah so music definitely helped centering myself being like okay girl that's a character let that go (laughs) and thank god I mean I have a a three-year-old son so nothing will get you out of character in any moment than walking through the door, you're like, mommy, and jumping in your face, you know what I mean? So he, my son helped me a lot, you know what I mean? And, and thank God my mother uh, came um, to help watch him so that I could do this play, which was really great. But yeah, wow. it was a lot of trial, <laughs> just trying things out. And uh, sage, <laughs> a lot of sage. <laughs> I get it. I get it. Oh my gosh. Wow. Well, I mean, you have had a few months now to sort of <laughs> and, and and I don't know what the heck is happening in terms of our industry, film, television, plays, musicals, yeah. where we'll be. Um but if you you had to try to write a love letter <laughs> from yourself to the theater. Um, I end every interview with sort of a question that says, what keeps you coming back and why mm. does it continue to ignite your soul? Ooh, that's a good one. That's really, really good. Oh, good. Huh. Love letter, what ignites my soul and keep me coming back? Um, 
I guess I would say to the theater, I would say thank you for being a safe space to process emotions. Thank you for being a healing space. Thank you for holding the stories of ancestors and, and, and for holding a mirror to society. Thank you for being a place of action and discussion and communication and community. Um, thank you for teaching me discipline. Thank you for teaching me love, you know. Um, and I guess what keeps me coming back, I, there are just so many stories waiting to be told. And, and I think, and I guess I agree with, with uh, Nina Simone, especially in this time that like, when you call yourself an artist, what does that mean? And how can you be an artist if you're not an artist of your time? And what does that mean? What are these stories? What can we tell for this time? And so that's what I'm interested in. I'm in stories that are, that I'm interested in those stories that are gonna reflect the times that are gonna challenge us to be better. I think all theater does that in a way of just opening our eyes and revealing, um, revealing the different demons and, and things that we all have in us and us figuring out a way to resolve those things in the best ways that we can. And, um, I just love it. I love it. Thank you for teaching me empathy. Are you kidding? Like, it's just, it's the greatest profession ever. The theater literally saved my life. It gave me purpose and meaning um, in a real way in a community that loved me wholeheartedly and wrapped me around in its arms. And I, I'm so grateful for the theater. Wow. I mean, well, we are incredibly grateful for you. And <laughs> I can't wait to see what will be next for you when all this happens. But, you too. I can't wait to see you too. Oh, well, thank you. But in the meantime, um, let us continue to wish each other health and safety and all good vibes. Thank you mm -hmm. so much for chatting with me. As I joked with you before we started, I've been trying to talk with you for a year. So this is a real dream. Um, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.